if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is now underway at seven minutes past ten o'clock. Thanks for being with us on this free for all Friday. Well, kind of a free for all Friday, the twelfth morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord twenty twenty, but not really because I have a lot of guests. I got a couple of calls off the air. I'm told people not happy that it's not free for all Friday. They got things to say, and I'm going to do my best to give you a chance to do that. But I do have, as I mentioned, a few important guests, including. Our next guest, whom we spoke with uh, just a couple of months ago, I think it was in March, we spoke with State Representative Jenna Powell about something that I found to be very, very important in a bill that she has sponsored um, called the Save Women's Sports Act. And uh, when I saw something that came out of the Ohio High School Athletic Association yesterday, I said, we need to talk to Jenna Powell again. And State Representative Powell does indeed join us now from the road. I understand, uh, Representative Powell, you're in transit this morning, is that right? That is correct. Yes, we had a late night yesterday at the Ohio House um, and, and on the road this morning. So thanks for having me on the show this morning. Thanks for for making the time. I mean that. I know it's not easy to carry on a conversation with your when you're driving as well. And please be safe if you need to pull over for a couple of minutes. Do that because we want to make sure that you're safe. Uh, but I do appreciate well, don't worry. you. Tell, tell your tell your radio. I I am the one just riding along and not driving, so we are safe and we're ready to chat. Oh, wonderful. Good to hear. Thank you. I'm so happy about that. Okay, there's two things I want to talk to you about. We're going to talk about reopening the state of Ohio and why it isn't being done faster, particularly given uh, recent statistics and information uh, from the state with respect to COVID-19. But I want to start with this. I got the uh, pre-participation form emailed to me yesterday, the physical evaluation form for student-athletes for the 2020 and 2021 school years. And um, I started to fill it out for my son who's going to be a senior in high school and getting ready for his, for his football season i started to fill it out just to get a head start on and i got to uh after uh, date of examination and sports uh i find two questions that i found to be a little bit perplexing one of them was sex assigned at birth f m or intersex and the second one was how do you identify your gender f m or other now, I'm baffled as to what other could be. I don't know if people are going to be allowed to put canine or feline or simian or anything else for that matter because I was always under the impression that you are either a male or a female. And immediately I thought of you because of your bill. 
This is, in my view, the first step toward destroying girls' sports in the state of Ohio. They're going to have it on record what an athlete writes down, a student athlete writes down as his or her gender and what their identification is, and they're going to let boys compete against girls, thus destroying opportunities for girls. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, Representative Powell? You know, I think to begin with, I'm really saddened. You know, I'm saddened because there will be many um, young girls' athletic dream trips um, because of of moving forward with OSAJA in this way. Um, You know, that's one of the reasons that myself and Representative Solsuit is working on the State Women's Sports Act. Um, If you think about, you know, women's sports across our state, you know, we understand and we know that there is a biological difference between males and females at birth. Um, we know from scientific studies that, that, that males uh, have greater lung capacity, stronger tendons and ligaments, larger hearts, higher red blood cell counts, increased bone density, and greater muscle strength. You know, that's the reason that Title IX was created, because we want every little girl to be able to compete on a level playing field. And when biological males compete against females, it robs, it robs little girls of their athletic opportunities. It is uh, such a vital uh, 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 aspect, I guess, of what I, what I, is what I want to say, of young girls' educational experiences. The ability to compete at a high level and the ability to succeed at a high level in their chosen fields, in, in, including sports, to have those taken away. I, I sent a letter, as a matter of fact, yesterday to an OHSA official. Uh, asking if they are aware of the massive lawsuits going on in several other states, including New Jersey, where uh, two males, biological males, being uh, competing with females as, quote, transgender athletes, have won some 15 state championships that would have gone to girls and broken countless numbers of record, records, wiping girls' names off of the record books and potentially robbing those girls of opportunities to get athletic scholarships in college. I haven't received a response yet, but I hope that Ohio's officials are watching other states and realizing this is a major problem if you allow girls to be, you know, have their, their sports overtaken by, by boys, biological boys. That's exactly right. Yeah, there are there are lawsuits across the United States. I think one of the one of the girls that really catches my eye is is Chelsea Mitchell, and she's lost four um, state championships um, in two in two all New England awards, um, as well as many others because she lost it to a biological male. And there are studies, as you mentioned, across the United States that show that that there is a biological difference between male and female. Um, when you look and compare the difference. Um, between elite women to boys and men, um, it's just crazy to see the difference. And again, that's why I stress, that's why Title IX was created. And we live in a world where, where everyone wants to see a little girl achieve their American dream. And this is more than just ending up on the bull podium instead of a male. This is about their, their future opportunities as well. You know, girls receive athletic scholarships to colleges. And that enables them to, to go on in life as far as they want to go. And so, you know, when biological males are competing against females, um, it's more than just the, the gold, you know, podium. It's far-reaching. And so that's why in the state of Ohio, we need to do everything we can to preserve the fairness in women's sports. That's what this bill is all about, and that's what we continue working toward in the legislature. So last question on this, Representative Powell, before we start talking about opening Ohio fully, 
Where are we? Where is the Save Women Sports Act uh, now about three months since the last time we spoke? Has, it, has there been any movement on it whatsoever, or uh, is the state just pretty much preoccupied with other things? You know, as many people in our state, you know, everything with COVID really has slowed down a lot of pieces of legislation. Um, you know, we are excited about, you know, kind of building momentum on this bill and looking forward to having it heard in committee um, this fall. The legislature now is on a little bit of a summer break for committees, um, but we, I feel pretty confident that this is a common sense piece of legislation. And when many students have already lost their athletic opportunity this this spring from, from playing in sports, I feel this is the perfect time to now, you know, make a stand instead of, you know, robbing girls of both their spring sport and then when they can finally get back into sports, not achieving that gold medal, you know, this is why it's important to move forward on this bill bill now and hopefully we'll get it rolling in committee this fall. We're talking with Ohio State Representative Jenna Powell. Uh, She is a Republican and uh, we have a Republican governor and, um, I know typically we stick with our own parties and we support the decisions made by our own parties, especially leaders in the executive positions like this, but there are a lot of Republicans in the State House I know who have been begging the governor to act and to essentially force his health director to uh, rescind the orders that have been so restrictive and led to so much economic devastation in this state. So yesterday, that health director stepped down. Uh, what do you think this means as it pertains to Governor DeWine perhaps lifting all of the restrictions and letting Ohio go back to living again? Absolutely. So, you know, one, one thing I do want to add really, really quickly is that, you know, I understand that it is a Republican governor. Um, there is a Republican majority, you know, um, across the board in our state. Uh, but when I took the oath of office for the 80th House District, which is Miami County and Southern Dark County, you know, I... I took an oath to uphold the Constitution and to fight for, for my people and to be their voice. Um, you know, and sometimes that does end up meaning, you know, pushing against your very own party. Um, but, I, but I didn't take an oath to office for my specific party. I took it to represent my people. Um, and so here in Columbus, you know, the, the message has been very loud and clear from my district that we have the ability to be safe and the ability to reopen the state of Ohio. You know, there have been some changes in the administration with the director of health stepping down and resigning. Um, but hopefully what we're going to see from that is the state of Ohio actually getting accurate data. Unfortunately, we have made decisions off of inaccurate data since day one. And I think that's a shame. I think it's hurting the state of Ohio as a whole. You know, people put their entire life into their small business, and some of them are still closed down. And those that are open still have regulations on them um, that are COVID-specific. And many businesses, you know, they didn't create their business model to function at 50% occupancy. And so, you know, my goal as a legislator is to continue sharing the story of Ohio's 80th house business. And the story is, is that we have the ability to open the state of Ohio and we can do it in a safe manner. Um, because that's what we do. We care for our neighbor. We care for the most vulnerable among us um, because we love them. Um, and, and we can continue doing that while being able to open our state fully without regulation. Representative Powell, how do you feel about the cooperation you're getting from the Ohio Senate um, with with respect to bills 
uh, to force uh, or to limit the power, perhaps, of the Ohio Director of Health uh, to require uh, a conference committee to sign off on any acts or any orders that are that are put in place that that last beyond 14 days. And of course, I'm talking about Senate Bill One, and there have been several others that are that are kind of similar to that. Some a little stronger than others. Um, and the Senate hasn't, to my understanding, necessarily been cooperating with uh, their fellow Republicans on the House side. Um, why is it that we can't seem to get everybody together? You know, that's a great question. Um, I, I can't I can't answer what, why the Senate is doing what they're doing because I wasn't elected to the Senate. Um, you know, my job is to pass good legislation in the House and do my job and, and continue pressuring the Senate, continue pressuring the governor and talking to them and writing open letters and sharing the stories from my district. We want to see the Senate take up SB1. We continue pushing on that. We continue putting forth good legislation in the House um, so that we can open Ohio safely. Um, as to as to what's going on in the Senate, I think the best thing would be to talk to um, our Senator Hoffman um, to get a clearer, better picture. Um, you know, we, I continue, you know, chatting with him, doing our best to, to, to continue sharing our story of what, what people are calling my office and talking to me about. Um, you know, but the, at the end of the day, we do need the Senate to act on SB1, and it is my hope that they that they do it soon and that we can um, agree both in the House and the Senate, and we can move it forward. Yeah, I'm hopeful as well, and I'm uh, endeavoring to get uh, Senate President Abhoff on the program. He and I have exchanged a couple of messages, and maybe we can get a little bit of an answer as to what it'll take to get some cooperation between the two. You know, it's it's just kind of bizarre. There's, do you sense, Jenna, in your district, the, the frustration of a lot of Ohioans and a lot of constituents, the fact that there's a Republican majority in the House and in the Senate and the Republican governor, and yet we can't seem to get Ohio opened up and back on track and get everybody on the same page? You know, you know, talking to hundreds of constituents across our district, you know, they want to open up, but also they want to they want to care for the most vulnerable among us. And the story I continue hearing over and over again is, Jenna, we we want to care for the most vulnerable. We want to care for those that have um, compromised immune systems, and we have the ability to do that while you know exercising our constitutional freedoms and opening the state of Ohio. So that's that's my continual push because I am a voice for the people and I will continue fighting for them until we are fully reopened and we can remove all the COVID-19 regulations on families, businesses, nonprofits, and our community. When we look at at data around the states and around the United States, it does point to the fact that we can open safely um, and we can do it in a manner that does... um, yeah, and not just open, but open at full capacity. You know, to have a business open but limiting them to 25% capacity, that sort of thing, is, is tantamount to having them closed. They're losing money daily, and they're not going to be able to expand and hire workers back unless they have full capacity. So these are things that absolutely have to be done sooner rather than later, and hopefully the uh, resignation of the uh, of the uh, uh, Health Director uh, Act and, uh, will lead to that. Uh, listen, uh, Representative Powell, thank you for taking the time. Again, I know you're on the road. I appreciate that. Thanks very much for uh, checking in with us, and we hope to ca- uh, catch up with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. That's State Representative Jenna Powell joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay. I told you I would get calls in as soon in, as soon as I could and when I could. This is that time right now, 216-901-0945. Dial it up. Get on the air on AM 1420, The Answer. I don't want to shoot no one. 
1026. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate uh, the time today. We've got more time for you. We'll take a couple of calls here. I've got an interview coming up at 1035, and then we'll take calls after that as well. So we'll try to uh, keep Free For All Friday alive at least a little bit. I know it's been a little bit tough to get through today. Uh, let's go to James in uh, Lorraine County, I believe it is. Uh, is that line working, or is that line not working? Maybe not. Let's try Lisa. Let's try. Oh, it's Lisa in uh, Medina. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hey, good morning. I am well. Good morning. I'm I'm excited to say we're really starting up again, and we're having a meeting tomorrow, and it feels so good to start getting back to, um, well, you know, as much as normal as we can, right? Who's uh, who's uh, speaking tomorrow? We've got several elected officials. I've invited our um, Medina County Prosecutor, uh, Forrest Thompson. He's going to give us an update. You know, we had uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter protest on the square and things like that. Um, we've got State Representative Steve Hambly will be joining us to give us a legislative update. We've got Joe Salzgaber, who is our county rep- uh, recorder, and uh, he will be giving us an election update. I mean, we haven't even had a chance to openly discuss, you know, what happened in the primary, let alone what we're going to do in November. So we have a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, you're right. You know, that's uh, been one of the tough things for organizations uh, and activist groups and, uh, you know, groups like Medina County Friends and Neighbors, McFan, that, uh, you know, they haven't, had, haven't been able to hold all of these events. You're not allowed to have more than 10 people. Is there a limit on how many people can come tomorrow? Um, there is. I don't think we're in a really big ballroom, and we will be doing the, uh, you know, governor's whatever directive or what, because it, yeah. you know, we we want to do what's right for the copper top. They've been a great host, and we we don't want to do anything that would, uh, you know, put them in in jeopardy, sure. of course. And uh, you know, we have a huge ballroom with big tables. We can put four per table. We've we, the social distancing and all that will not be a problem. And Very as far good. as do, masks, what about goes, masks? Do people have to wear they're, masks? They're, no, they're not required. But I also, if you want to wear one, it's okay to wear one. You know, we have a lot of senior citizens in our group. You know, people may not know this, but I, out of five people in my household, I have three that are high risk. So I am one of those people that, you know, I really do care for my precious cargo at home. So I am very careful. I do not want to, you know, see them go through, you know, this horrible thing. But at the same time, I absolutely support businesses. We can have this meeting safely. Absolutely. We've got a lot to talk about, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it, and we're going to get things going again. Well, I love the fact, uh, and thank you, Lisa, so much for the call. I hope you guys have a great event tomorrow at the Copper Top in uh, uh, Valley City. That's uh, Medina County Friends and Neighbors. Thank you, Lisa Woods. I-, I love the fact that you're telling people if you feel like you need to, maybe you are in the vulnerable population due to a uh, health condition or just age, and that's true. That's well said. Then wear your mask, and no one will judge you. And, of course, no one will judge those who don't wear masks either. They should not be forced. It should be voluntary. And that's what we and a lot of other people complain about as it pertains to the governor's orders of any employee. Any employee or any worker of any business must wear a mask while on the job in order to keep their job. And that's dangerous. Across this country, people have been ordered to wear these masks in public spaces, Um And numerous studies have proven that face masks can be dangerous, not to everyone, but to wear them for a long period of time, including a full work shift of eight hours, um, can be dangerous to the health of some people, depending on their conditions. 
That's why uh, I have joined Citizens for Free Speech, and I want to help them help you reclaim your rights. Become a member like I did at citizensforfreespeech.org, and they will send you a free laminated card and lanyard. It's beautiful blue, it's royal blue, and on the front of the card, it outlines your rights to refuse face coverings on medical grounds. And on the back, just a little thing called the First Amendment. You wear the card, not the mask. And anybody who tries to hassle you going into a place saying you must wear a mask, you show them that card. You absolutely do not have to. You'll get a free one if you become a member by signing up at citizensforfreespeech.org. A very important organization that I'm a part of, and you should be too. Citizensforfreespeech.org. Get your card and wear that around your neck instead of that mask of shame on your face. Again, that's not judging those who need it because they are in health uh, vulnerabilities, but for everybody else, do not for, do not allow them to force that on you. Time out for news. i got more calls coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. As we continue on AM 1420, The Answer, we will have phone calls, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. So dial when you are ready, and we will put you on the radio. The first guy that I want to put on the radio this half hour, though, is uh, a guy who's doing some great work for a very great cause. Tony DeRazio is the executive director of Jacob's Ladder Special Needs Fitness. And uh, I heard about this, I, I, I want to say just last year, but maybe it was the year before, and I guess I'll bring Tony on now and ask him how many years they've been doing the bike that is coming up uh, in just a few days uh, from Cleveland to Cincinnati to raise money to help children with special needs uh, and fitness. Uh, Tony DeRazio, thanks for coming on. How are you, sir? Doing good, Bob. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure. How many years have you been doing Jacob's uh, Ladder uh, on this uh, bike now? We actually been doing Jacob's Ladder for about ten years, and we we kind of started in our basement. And uh, our parents, Lou and Grace Dorazio, taught us about our Christian walk should be serving others. So uh, we decided about ten years ago to start doing this with people with uh, special needs. And we have a special needs son, Jake, and uh, I wanted to teach him, and we wanted to teach him to serve other people and help. So. We started at Grace Church, now we're at Christ Church, and now we're also doing Zoom exercise classes. Wow. So the, the, yeah, we're doing actually four Zoom exercise classes per week, and Jake is leading them. He is a certified uh, group fitness instructor for the special needs community. So that is uh, awesome. And, well, thanks. And Tony, thanks. Tony, 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 I want to I want to make sure I heard it correctly, and because I I, I think I mis- mistakenly said special needs children. This is just special needs people. This is people of all ages who have special yes. needs uh, and fitness classes and fitness events and things like that to help them all. So this isn't age limited, right? I've got a a lady named Elizabeth who I hope is listening, and she's uh, she's fifty five, and uh, <laughs> and then we've got uh, Kayla who is, uh, I think, seven. And, and so, and everything in between and all kinds of disabilities. We have people with Down syndrome. We have individuals with autism. And mm-hmm. we have uh, a couple of people with CP. And we've actually even worked with some people in wheelchairs. And what the, you know, what the data shows is if you're stronger and healthier, you're going to have a better life. Uh, you're going to be uh, easier to care for for your caregiver and parent. 
And uh, currently, the special needs individuals have a much higher obesity rate. So we're trying to make a dent in that mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, at the same time serve them. And we also uh, pray after every exercise group. And uh, so we're doing a, a ride from Cleveland to Cincinnati starting Sunday at 9 o'clock. We'll be at Edgewater Park. And uh, then uh, we were going to do a... For those who don't know, by the way, let me, let me make sure I hit this again. Sure. This is a bike-a-thon. This isn't a motorcycle ride. This is your own legs pumping from Cleveland to Cincinnati, 325 miles, taking off on Sunday. And uh, that's what makes this so incredible and so worthy of sponsorship. Please tell us more. Yes, and so we're uh, we're taking off from right by the Cleveland sign at Edgewater Park, and we're going to do a little Zoom exercise warm-up class there. And, uh, and then we're going to take off riding, and then we're going to stop at Rockside Road at 11 o'clock. There will be some a bunch of people joining us there, including a few uh, special needs individuals to ride with us. And, of course, our son's going to ride on a tandem with one of his uh, cousins. And, uh, and then we're going to ride the peninsula, and then we're going to just continue after that and keep going and uh, keep going all the way all the way down to, through Columbus and then into Cincinnati, and we'll get there on on Friday morning, so Sunday after Sunday morning, we're at the Lake Erie, and Friday morning we're in Cincinnati, down by the you know by the stadium, right next to the river. So incredible, and uh, yeah, the uh, thank you, thank you very much, and and so we're trying to make a you know trying to make a difference and serve those, and uh, you know Jesus tells us in Matthew twenty five forty, you know whatever you do to the least of my brothers, uh, that you're doing to me. So. We want to continue this. We want to raise money for our group. We want to raise awareness for uh, 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 fitness for the special needs community, and and that's that's basically what yeah, we're all, all about. For, for all the great reasons that you listed, you know the, the the you know people think about helping special needs people with you know other things. Very few people talk about what you said about the obesity rate and about just the physical health of people with different challenges. And this is a great, great program for that. Now, you mentioned a key word there in your description, uh, 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 Tony. We're talking to Tony Durazio, uh, with who is the uh, president or executive director, I guess is the exact title, of Jacob's Ladder Special Needs Fitness. The word is money. You need to make money in order to be able to help all of these people. And so how can people, first of all, what's the goal? How much do you hope to raise with the bike-a-thon? Hope to raise ten thousand dollars, and we? we will use that. We're we're about eight grand. We're we're uh, we're right right about eight grand right now. So okay, uh, yeah, and we want to use this this you know this money for marketing purposes, for maybe grant writing, for administrative costs. But you know, we just need to we need to have that. Uh, my mission is to be able to do this on a full time basis. And that, wow. that's what my goal has been for several years to, to do this. It's such a, like I say, a worthy cause. And this, this group of individuals is, they're just some truly delightful people. I mean, they're just some truly people that, and they really appreciate. And we try to, Bob, we try to coach them. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if you can't, if your butt's too high when you do a plank, you got to get it low. And we say, hey, get your butt down. And, <laughs> And uh, as you know from your sports background, uh, coaching is good, and you show people respect when you have uh, when you take the time to coach them and uh, help them improve themselves. So that's kind of the approach we've taken. Tony, uh, I'm looking at one of your flyers now, and the goal of ten thousand dollars is listed there. And here's how we reach it: three hundred twenty-five miles. If we can get people to pledge 
Ten cents, a dime a mile, that would raise thirty-two fifty. Uh, so we're still a couple thousand short of that ten thousand dollar goal. So we need some people to step up right now. So if people are listening right now and they say they love what you're doing, they appreciate it, they respect the Christ-like nature of your work, and they want to donate a dime a mile, or maybe somebody can do twenty cents a mile, or whatever their ability is, how do they do it? Just go to JacobsLadderFitness.com. Just just a regular web address jacobsladderfitness.com and you'll see a donate button and you'll see a little bit about you'll see our web page there and you'll see a you'll see a picture of our son jake uh with a rocky shirt on he I kind of uh, <laughs> yeah he, he, he is flexing that thing movies. boy yeah he's flexing that rocky shirt and uh, looking good too <laughs> yeah. kids kids got a good physique i'll tell you what i like it thank you thank <laughs> I call you very him much a kid. Thank I, you. I call him a kid uh, yeah. how old is jake no he's yeah so jacobsladderfitness.com and uh, they can donate there and and we just you know we appreciate it and we want to like I said we want to continue this mission and uh, uh, and keep serving and keep coaching and uh, keep helping it is exactly that. It's a mission, and if you want to support their mission, please uh, go to Jacob's Ladder Fitness, as you just heard uh, from Tony, jacobsladderfitness.com, and you can click and donate You know, 10 cents a mile or 20 cents a mile, whatever your ability is. Again, if you do, if they do the full 325 miles, and I have no doubt that they will, it would be a $32.50 donation toward a very important organization. Uh, Tony, uh, God bless you, my friend. You and everybody else who's making that ride and everybody else who's working with Jacob's Ladder, it's very important. Uh, we always like to support the special needs community in whatever way we can. And I love what you guys are doing here. And so I hope uh, you have a very safe and uh, comfortable ride and uh, and that we can reach that $10,000 goal. Bob, we, we really appreciate you having us on. And, and hopefully we can beat that goal. And, and uh, God bless you. Amen. Thank you, my friend. God bless. That's Tony DeRazio from Jacob's Special uh, 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 Needs Fitness. It's a really important organization, as you just heard. Special Needs Fitness. Jacob's Ladder. All right, I got to get this together. I apologize. I'm talking about Jacob's Ladder Special Needs Fitness, which is the name of the organization, but the website is specifically Jacob's Ladder Fitness. Altogether, Jacob's Ladder Fitness.com. And make that donation and help them reach that goal. Uh, open lines the rest of the way right after this. AM 1420, the answer. Ten forty-eight. You know how uh, the minuscule mayor, or uh, excuse me, minuscule governor, uh, uh, mighty Mike DeWine, who has let Health Director Amy Acton destroy the economy of the state for no good reason. You know how he's now saying the state's open. He responded to a letter sent by multiple Ohio State representatives demanding the full reopening of the state. And they gave a really, really well uh, stated and argued petition, if you will, for uh, the governor to act on this. And he responded to their very intensive work and their very careful argument about what needs to be done with just a very short phrase, a very terse response that said, state's open. That's it. State's open. Really? State's open? Then why did I just get this? The Cleveland National Air Show, presented by Discount Drug Mart, scheduled to take place September 5th, 6th, and 7th, Labor Day weekend, has been canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. 
This action is necessary in order to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 to comply with state, county, and city health regulations, which prohibit large uh, events and mass gatherings. So the air show has been canceled because of the orders of the now ousted, resigned in shame and embarrassment, mumbling lab coat Amy Acton. Her orders still in place, which they should not be. The moment she resigned, they should have rescinded every order. But because of the order banning large events and mass gatherings, the air show is gone. Tell me again, Mike DeWine, how the state is open. Tell me again, Mike DeWine, how the state is open when restaurants and and other facilities can only operate at 25 to 50% capacity. Tell me again how the state is open when people can't go to the amusement parks, which, by the way, still aren't open and won't be for a few more days, another week or so, without wearing a ridiculous fear mask over their faces as they walk down the midday, midway trying to eat an ice cream cone at Cedar Point. As they uh, uh, jump onto a roller coaster and have these things flying off of their faces the way baseball caps do as they go streaming down a hill at 100 miles an hour. And as they go home and have this embarrassing, strange tan line, a red face from the eyes up and a white uh, mask marker, if you will, uh, for the rest of their faces. Tell me if the, the state is open, if that's what people are going to have to endure. Tell me how the state is open when people cannot hold graduation parties because of your mumbling lab coat, uh, still, uh, you know, her order still being in place, banning more than 10 people from getting together. Unless, of course, it's a protest, right? Unless, of course, it's a protest. Protesting police brutality, all of those things are out the window. Go get after it. Yes, sir, Bob, thousands of people in the streets at one time, all yelling and screaming and spitting droplets at one another over police brutality. All good. Graduation party, backyard barbecue for, for a bunch of neighbors and friends. Stop it at 10. Do any more than 10, we're barking you up. Tell me the state is open again. We're living in a state of tyranny, not the state of Ohio. And it has got to stop. The resignation of the embarrassing failure that is Amy Acton, who is no more a doctor, honestly, than Julius Irving is. You'll have to think about that one. Uh, she, she, is, she has been, again, I said this earlier in the show, never have I seen an official be so bad at what they do, be so wrong about what's going to happen, be so wrong in the prescription for what is going to happen for so long, so many times, and be praised for it. I've never seen anything like it. It's, 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 and then to be rewarded, rewarded rather, with um, a handsome new position. Two on, she's making, two, I said 185000 somebody corrected me. She made $233,000 each year as the Ohio Department of Health Director. To be wrong and to wreck Ohio's economy for no reason. None. None. $233,000 a year, and now that she resigned in disgrace, Mike DeWine is creating a new job for her so she can keep being paid. His personal uh, uh, governor's uh, health advisor. Are you kidding me? So her job gets filled by somebody else. We don't even know how Lance Hines is going to perform in that. We will see. First thing he should do is rescind all of her orders. But he's going to be making her old salary, and she's going to be making her old salary in a new position that wasn't created, all on the Ohio taxpayer. I'm just disgusted by the lot of them. 
John and Chardon, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Sorry for the delay. John, go ahead, sir. Hey, morning, Bob. Yes, Regarding wearing a mask, given that we all breathe in air, a combination of nitrogen and oxygen, and we breathe out CO2, so if you have a mask, the CO2 gets blocked when you breathe, breathe it out, and you end up breathing back your own CO2. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's correct, healthy. and that's that's one of the things that we've talked about. I had a doctor on the show, Dr. Russell Blaylock, who has studied this extensively and has cited in his article that he wrote uh, for uh, CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech, um, he has cited 13 studies that talk about the very dangerous uh, health problems associated with breathing in your own CO2. Now, maybe not for everybody, but if you have certain health conditions, breathing in your own CO2 for an extended period of time is very, very bad for you. It is very dangerous to your health. And yes, that is what they're mandating for people uh, to go into certain areas of the public square and certainly for people who are working. Anybody who's working, um, uh, you know, in a, in a, as an employee or as a, uh, you know, in any kind of a, an employment capacity, I guess, uh, they have to wear that. And that's just insane because it's not safe and it helps no one. All it does is hurt the wearer. Yeah. All right, yeah, John, anything good, else, Bob? Uh, okay, thanks for uh, the call. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You have something else? Oh, I wonder... I wonder how your friend Tony and his bikers got back from Cincinnati. What do you mean got back? Oh, how do they get back? Well, they 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 cycled down there to Cincinnati. No, they haven't left yet. They're leaving Sunday. They're leaving Sunday. They're, they're, okay. The ride is Sunday through Friday. They're going to be riding from Cleveland to Cincinnati. That's why we're trying to raise that money uh, in uh, you know a dime a, a mile if people can do that in order to support them. So they're staying in motels on that, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, well, you can't ride. You can't ride for 325 miles straight. <laughs> so yeah, they're going yeah, to okay. spread it out. Right. They're going to spread it out over the five days, uh, and uh, they'll get there on Friday. As far as how they get back, uh, I would imagine they've got somebody with a couple of bike racks on their trucks, and they're going to ride back yeah. up. Because, yeah, that makes <laughs> I wouldn't expect them to ride back. All right, thanks, John. I appreciate okay. the phone call. Yeah, you know, I want to get back to this just for a second here. As far as the uh, when I when I say and when I have said, no reason whatsoever. Tucker Carlson talked about this on his show last night. Uh, no, not last night. Beg your pardon, but it was uh, Wednesday night, and talked about how this is literally exactly what it sounds like when we say that they uh, shut down the state for no good reason the state of Ohio, and several others. We have been lied to about the need to shut that st- shut the state down. And how do we know this? What is the proof of the lying? As Tucker Carlson pointed out, the proof is in the other states that did not shut down. There weren't many of them. But states that never locked down at all, states that were, where people were allowed to live like Americans and be, breathe freely and not cower indoors alone, while still looking out for the vulnerable population, the elderly, But in the end, those states turned out to suffer no worse than the states that had the mandatory quarantines like Ohio. That's right. The states that locked down at first but were quick to reopen have not seen explosions of coronavirus cases, first of all. And that's the opposite of what they said would happen with great confidence. And that's what Amy Acton was worried about as well. The media predicted mass death at places like Lake of the Ozarks, which got tons of people swarming there for vacationing, and Ocean City, Maryland, where the middle class goes to, to vacation. But those tons of deaths never happened. In the end, the Chinese coronavirus turned out to be a dangerous disease, but a manageable one like so many others. Far more dangerous than the disease has been the lockdowns themselves. For example, in New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Massachusetts... 
panicked and incompetent governors forced nursing homes to accept infected coronavirus patients because they didn't feel like they could put them anywhere else because they were going to need every hospital bed they had. So they shoved them in nursing homes. And you know what that did? That killed thousands of elderly people with compromised immune systems. Those people died, as Tucker pointed out, needlessly. And this story is going almost completely uncovered. The media is not focusing on the vast majority of the deaths in this country coming from those particular people with those advanced ages and with uh, comorbidities, in other words, underlying health conditions. That's in all of them living in congregate settings, or at least 80% of them in Ohio living in congregate settings. Those are the people that that suffered and died. Uh, In other words, the state of Ohio... um, completely dropped the ball. Mike DeWine and Amy Acton completely dropped the ball. Their response to this was absolutely atrocious and far, far worse than the actual disease itself, which is why I'm going to play the closing music here myself, uh, uh, DJ Derek, because I want to say this to the mumbling lab coat who is on her way out the door now, resigning yesterday as the Ohio... Department of Health Director who helped destroy America's economy or excuse me Ohio's economy who cost over two and a half million people their jobs forced the closure of businesses that will never reopen again all over a disease that has a death rate a mortality rate of 0.026%. In other words, a survival rate of 99.74%. Amy Acton. We'll see you Monday.